Hello, my name's Kizzy Erskine. And I'm Sydney Lima, and this is Sex, Lies and DM Slides. Where we invite our celebrity friends to dive deep into their DM boxes to see what terrors lurk within. We'll be chatting about online trolls, online dating, perverted proposals and why everyone's so weird on social media. Sex and Lies and DM Slides. Hello, I'm Gizzy Erskine. And I'm Sydney Lima, and welcome to our Spotify original podcast, Sex, Lies and DM Slides, where we chat about sex and love in the age of social media. So on today's podcast, we have got Elena Kate Petit, who... Oh, this is a controversial one. Has far from Petit views on women. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this was a new one to me. Um... Elena is a trad wife. Sid, why have we got a traditional housewife on the show? Um, well, Gizzy, thank you for asking. I think she's probably the antithesis of any guest we've had on so far. She probably isn't the most forthcoming with her sexual... What do you call it? Sexual... Um, deviances? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be good to know. Because you had to explain to me what a trad wife was. I did. A, a trad wife, a traditional housewife... Uh, it's basically a movement uh, where women really feel that their place is in the home, essentially. And she's kind of, she's she's at the forefront of this movement. So she has a thing called the Darling Academy and a book about English etiquette and, and ladies like us. She pushes this idea that women belong in the home, essentially. Okay, so this is, so, this is the quote from the Darling Academy. And the hashtag that she uses is apron-clad army. (laughs) And the quote is, Just because we've chosen the ironing board instead of the boardroom doesn't mean we don't care about women's rights or female empowerment. Now, Gizzy and I felt very like we were going to go in on her, didn't we? I think before we even started this, we had a... Definitely had an opinion. Mm. I think first and foremost, I mean, like as a, as a female chef, this is something that I've always had to fight uh, to sort of against my femininity mm. within within my industry. And, and to be honest, I've never had major sexism within my industry. I'm just tomboyish and I've always naturally fit, fitted in with that structure. But I also love to wear clothes and makeup and love music. And I've had a, a personality. And it's, it's been so conflicting to me because I want to be good at my job and recognised for my the value of my work. Whereas uh, my image and stuff has been always been a problem. When I hear somebody glorifying the apron, domestic life, all of these things, Mm. it makes me feel very unsettled. That said, when we spoke to her, I sort of changed my mind. At which you will see. Don't do any spoilers, Gizzy. Well, I sort of... I, I want to talk about this a little bit. She wants to spoil it all in I the intros. Know, I know, I know, I know. I really do. <laughs> so, you know, okay, first of all, gender roles. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's an age thing for me. I don't know if this is just how I've been brought up. My mother very, very particularly, even though I was a tomboy, you know, my mum has installed certain traits into me, which I can't shake off. And it is mm. about who's paying for what. Like, I'm taking that female role at the beginning of a relationship. I want somebody to show me how much that they want me right. and their values. And it's an animalistic thing to a part. Now, I know that that's now a very blurred yeah. situation because there's a spectrum of what a gender gender role is. And we all sit so heavily in different and there's also this new movement of like kind of a breakdown of those kind of those gender roles so people are it's much more fluid almost but i on my personal level still feel that while i fit into several different parts of the gender role i want to be treated like uh i want to be spoiled and i want 
I want to know who's picking up the bill at the beginning. I will fucking look after someone. You know I will. Yeah, no. I mean, you're the most generous person I've ever met. But I also want, in that those first six dates, somebody to... Be, have this declaration towards yeah. me because for me that's romance now that's probably a reason why I'm always in these absolutely disastrous <laughs> positions but, but you know it does pose the question of animalism and yeah. sexuality and um, you know submissiveness and where that fits on because you know uh, there are submissive men yeah. uh, that women like you know I'm a powerful woman I like getting what I want. Do I want a submissive man? No, I bloody don't. I want somebody to be able to handle me. And it's so... These are old-fashioned things, but yeah. it's kind of how I felt. And I I could empathise with certain parts of what you were saying. Well, I, I feel like... Cause I'm, I recently new to the dating sphere. And, like, I do have a tendency to go for... I mean, as you know, a lot of the guys I have been... Uh, entertaining have uh, been uh, very poor. <laughs> I mean, that's the story of my brother. So, like, I, I mean, it's like not a discussion that I'm that they're going to pay it at all. And in fact, I overpay for things because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like out, out masculine yeah. <laughs> my finances. Um, so, like, I mean, I've always felt really. I think I've been in relationships before where like the man's paid for a lot of stuff, and it's made me feel very uncomfortable. And it's also questioned my self worth within that space. So, I think in order for me to feel more like an equal within relationships, or if not more dominant, I pay for everything. This is why I'm always in my overdraft. But, but yeah, no, I can totally. But then, why do we, why do we have this nurturing? Because it's a nurturing, nourishing thing. Mm. And again, please sort of, I don't mean to offend by any means within the spectral side of this. But, you know, there is women, by the most part, are the nourishing, the men are the providers. Why are we, why is our sort of how we're paying for the man becoming, sitting into our nourishment sense when the men aren't wanting to provide? I, it pissed me off. You went, you went, you had a date with someone who was rich recently. <laughs> and you ended up paying for fucking everything. And it I know, me I off. know. He was like talking about the fact that um, like he couldn't afford his mortgage or something. And I was like, well, oh my God, I don't even own a house. Like, and your I'm living mortgage at my is in fucking Knightsbridge or something. You're like, yeah. Uh, it's, uh... I just like, but I think I also like try and like prove, try and make out because I don't really come from much money, I always try and make out that I have more money. It's like one of those if you ever saw that Grayson Perry thing it's like people from like the documentary he did on class it's like people from lower class worlds they always want to prove themselves a lot more so there's also that that's coming into play sure and I and I, and I think I think that's a really important thing anyway we'll let you make your own decisions here is the trad wife Elena Kate Petit sex and lies and DMs On the line now, and it's an actual landline, is self-styled trad housewife Alina Kate Pettit. How would you describe a traditional housewife? Well, traditional housewives kind of only like to distinctly set themselves apart in the fact that we approach our job as a housewife as professionally as we would any other job. So I think there seems to be this weird misconception in the modern media that housewives sit around kind of watching daytime TV. Traditional housewives are the ones that literally spend their days, their working hours, at their job of being a housewife. It harks back to an era when 
this is what most women did, traditionally almost. So I think also the dynamic of the relationships that we have with our husbands are quite traditional. It's almost like reminiscent of what it, your grandparents' relationship might have been like or great-grandparents. So I take on all the housework in the home and he earns the living. People define tradition differently, but it's just what was traditionally spoken of as a housewife and the breadwinner. What did you do before you became a traditional housewife? I worked in marketing in the beauty industry and product development. So it was actually a fantastic job and it was really creative, but I never felt at home in the workplace whatsoever. I felt really toxic. What I really wanted to do was domestic chores. I'm just one of those anomalies that absolutely loves cooking and cleaning. Like, it's just where I find my fulfilment. Do you think all women should be adopting this role? No, of course not. Of course not. And I think that's kind of what's been spun out of this when it hit the press is that Mm. I've never said that. Some people do, actually. There are people that take it to the extremes and say that all women belong in a kitchen, which is, like, mightily offensive. Even I'm offended by that. We realise no one's been talking about us this is why people think it's a movement because it's sprung out of nowhere but we've Mm. always been here it's just the fact that it's not an option anymore right and it's almost like the that sort of you're there doing something which has been traditionally okay for so many years and now you're being forced into a weird humiliating place your husband what is his role in this is this something that he's ever enforced on you i mean what does he think It's never been enforced. It's something, honestly, I got asked this yesterday, actually, did we sit down and chat about Mm. it and decide? Not at all. It was just something we really naturally fell into. I think we've been lucky in the fact that we found each other. He wants to concentrate on his career, honestly doesn't like doing housework. And he's kind of like met his complementary opposite who doesn't want to concern herself with a career and really likes housework. So we naturally fell into it, even when I was working, funnily enough. Um... And I think a lot of women do this as well, even if they're working, because they know how they want their homes run. So even working women are taking on a large portion of the housework still. Is that quite a defining feature of being a traditional housewife, just the housework itself? Um, Or is there anything, is there more to it? Well, there's so much more to it. There, you know, this is what I mean by running it like a business. We are constantly learning new skills. We are learning to economise, to budget, to time manage, to people manage. And then if we do that really well, we create time for ourselves to indulge in hobbies or go and have coffee with our friends or brunch or volunteer in the wider community you know like it's a really rich and varied life no two days are ever the same absolutely and i can really see the benefits from that especially as a parent and a mother you have referred to previously about sort of really getting kicked out of the observation of the 1950s housewife and i think there are things that were going on then where women were meant to be excellent in the kitchen and make great lovers i mean (laughs) How does that fit with you? This has been taken out of context as well. I mean, you know, you yourself, your hairstyles and things kind of are reminiscent of, you know, like 50s and 60s, or they have been. It's an aesthetic that I enjoy personally and a lot of the women in the community as well. The 50s was the last time the housewife was celebrated in mainstream media and was something aspirational. Not everyone wanted to be one, of course. But for us now, we've got nothing to look to. There's no role model in modern media. So we have to kind of like find it where we see it. 
Sure, no. But we don't want to apply, it's not, we do not want to apply the 1950s lifestyle to 2020. We're quite happy with the freedom we have and the choices we have. And this is a choice, you know. And the 50s thing is nothing more than aesthetics and a particular time in, in, in history where, you know, the housewife was celebrated. She was like, a, a, you know, a pillar of society. And now we're shamed for what we do. And it's, it's really backwards, actually, because people need mothers and housewives and people want to live in a lovely home, don't they? So we're all doing it. It's just the fact that we want to concentrate 100% of our effort on it. That's all. I mean, I sort of feel like I, I want to um, defend my hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, entirely based on the fact that I absolutely appreciate what you're saying. But then, you know, if we're looking deeply into those things, my hairstyle came from the 60s where it was all about the women ruling and shedding that side of themselves. So I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know if just because we can refer to things in a pastiche way. Yeah, but, but your hairstyle doesn't define you. No, and you're right. And you, but, but, but you know what? But the, house you, but, the housework's defining you. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm happy with that, and that's the ironic thing. Housework defines Mrs. Hinch, and look how successful she is. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a celebrity who is, that? Who is she, Mrs. she's somebody who cleans oh. up basically for, <laughs> on telly, and, and it's just you know, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a bamboozling thing because I am the absolute opposite, but. What doesn't make me feel comfortable is exactly what doesn't make you feel comfortable, you know, and yeah. the animalistic side to you. And my, see, me and Sydney, I think, have different opinions on this, which is interesting. Well, I'm just wondering where, like, it, everything fits in. If you weren't to get married, for example, like, I mean, this is obviously comes to being subservient to the man. If you weren't married, how would you be living your life? Well, it, that's the first thing I want to clear up, is I am not a servant to my husband. I am purely doing things in my day that kind of by and large benefit him in a way I'm still cooking meals but I'm going to cook those meals for myself regardless of when I'm married I just do an extra portion for him you know it's not about subservience he does not tell me what to do we never all these women these we've chosen our husbands as well this is the thing we weren't bought in a marketplace you know these are men that we love and adore and they cherish us just as much it's just a clear division of labor in our household that's all that's as, as simple as it is and you do have to submit to decisions that the other person makes sometimes because sometimes that's easier than arguing over things as well if he was to kind of take control and it was something that put me at risk or whatever you absolutely bet your bottom dollar that I'm going to kick off about it you know yeah. it's not applying those 50s principles about you know nice little wife who get back in the kitchen and don't say anything do, you, do you feel comfortable though with the trad wife tag because I just want to say my, my elder sister is a housewife and mother and works harder than anyone I've ever met in my entire life and it is a bloody I mean something I feel like I couldn't I couldn't do it myself but she wears being a parent on her sleeve she wears being a wife on her sleeve I don't know if she wants to be considered a trad I think that it's in the same way that I feel about feminism actually is that I've just worked my fucking ass off and I've just got on with it and there are so many things that people try and draw me into like being a female chef or how I look at things politically and I just don't want to engage because I actually find engaging often can be inhibiting and non-progressive it's just who I am and this is just what's going on I wonder if the statement of being a trad wife is what's 
making people feel like it's backwards. Yeah, well, to people who don't understand it, they find it backwards. If you think about feminism as well, when it started, you have to label something in order to bring people together in a collective thought. So, you know, political parties, you have to call them conservative, Labour, Lib Dem, something like that, a way to engage with one another. On social media today as well, hashtags bring people together. So it's just a way to kind of collectively group these women who are like-minded. It's not anything threatening. And if you don't identify with it, then that's absolutely fine. It's your choice. It is, yeah. And I, and I, and I feel it like... In- my feelings on this are you should be entitled to choice. And, and the, the, I feel like women, unfortunately, do have this constant pressure, whether it is body positivity or if it is being a feminist or it is anything that they feel inhibited by people's perceptions on, on, on them on the internet. And, and the fact that you have to feel like you've got to fight for this, when often there is something simplistic and animalistic about this, that some people just really contented with doing those things that people revert back to as being the submissive role of the female. And I really hear everything you're saying. What was it like when you were growing up? What were your parents like? Was your mum a traditional housewife? (laughs) No, total opposite, actually. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, she'll hold her hands up and say that. I was raised in a single-parent household, and my mum had to work. So I was childminders in the morning, after-school clubs, hardly saw anything of her and saw the absolute enormous pressure she was under to put food on the table and manage the household. Mm. And I honestly think I was born with innate tendencies to want to be domestic. So, you know, uh, Barbie's dream house. And I loved even, you know, old shows where the mum was at home baking pies and things. That was just where I I gravitated towards. Mm. Have you ever had a, a mad spell before you became a traditional housewife? A mad spell? Yes. What, what, <laughs> a mad spell? <laughs> Have you ever had, like, a, your wild years? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, tell me yeah. more. Yeah, oh, proper full-on, you know, sex, drug and rock and roll years. And I've oh, written about this. Oh! In, yeah, I've written about this. Tell me my, more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get myself into any trouble. Um, <laughs> in my kind of late teens to early 20s, because I felt so suppressed with who I was, I, it's almost like self-medicating in a way. I just went out and... Come went, on, I'm sorry. <laughs> you cannot tell me. You went out and self-medicated because you were not able to be a traditional wife. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. I it's crazy it's that to drink. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Well, it's true though. I'm, totally, I'm using that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be Doris Day and instead I went out and I was like, I don't know. It was know, more like... Yeah, Courtney Love. <laughs> like yeah. a proper full-on was and it was and it really depressed me like i mean it depresses us all do you think that how, do you think that has contributed to you then taking on this chilled role yeah you've had your world yeah definitely and it definitely kind of inspired me to write ladies like us as well because i i saw this happening in other other women they write to me all the time actually saying that like I feel like I'm living a lie I just really want to be a housewife and a mum but I feel like I'm pressured because of feminism sadly and because of the expectations now to go and make something of yourself in the in the working world these women are miserable and it's not who they are but we because there's so much shame and stigma around you know being a good little wifey at home they don't want to do it because who wants to be bullied would you not consider that like, you coming on podcasts or writing books would you not consider that a career well yeah this is the thing this is the common misconception with housewives as well is that we're not stopped from earning any money 
people have lots of little side hustles. That's a good thing. It's quite full on. I mean, you're in the media quite a lot. It's quite a full on career. Well, career or kind of campaigning. It depends on how you define it because I feel really passionate about this subject. Well, who's doing the cooking dinner tonight if you've got to go and do a TV show or something? Well, I'm not that, I'm not. This is the only so, thing on today. So you, but you would, what I'm saying, but I think what Sydney's saying is like, would, say your career, this suddenly picks up and you get a proper career out yes. of this. You're like, you become Doris Day because she wasn't at home all the time doing No, she wasn't. Not. No, she was married four times as well, bless her. She yeah, <laughs> bless her. Bless her. This, the future's bright. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It must be a dream to want to write a book. So it must be a real, genuine passion that you want to facilitate, which then becomes a career, right? Yeah, well, I wrote... See, Ladies Like Us, my first book, I wrote that because I felt so passionate about wanting to share my story and what I've learned. Um, And they're self-published as well, which is, like, vastly different from having, you know, publicists and agents and all that kind of stuff. Um... And it has picked up. There's no denying that. But it, there's no knowing what will happen tomorrow. I could be chip paper tomorrow. So I'm taking every opportunity I have at the moment to get the message out there that these women aren't alone. But where it goes, I don't know. My husband ha- and I have actually discussed it. And we're kind of, because it's happened out of the blue almost, we're a bit like, whoa, what do we do? With all your campaigning, do you find yourself converting people at all? Like, are you, are you kind of building the movement? No, it's not about coming, going out there and converting people. Mm-hmm. It's education for people that don't understand it. Extremist but... housewives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it must be. I reckon there's a TV show in this. <laughs> It's, it's purely just educating people that because it's so rare these days for people to stay home or it to be talked about. That's actually the issue is that we're not talking about it. So it's an education for people that don't understand it whatsoever. And then for those housewives and husbands, I've had loads of emails from men. I bet. Yeah, really what, what, tell me surprising. what comes into your inbox because that's the whole point of this. Well, I've had... I've you had, get to get seedy men? No, it's been really wonderful. On Twitter, which is the worst place on earth, by the way, it's just horrific. There have mm-hmm. been some weirdos because they're just there, aren't they? That's Go where on, they what's the weirdest thing? fetishy, isn't it, being like a traditional oh, yeah. housewife? Oh, I don't know. Where do I find a wife like you? And all, you know, like just some people are into it, these are like the really extreme people as well, like domestic domestic discipline and stuff like spanking and stuff. And I'm like, Whoa! I'm like, I'm a bit prudy <laughs> now. Get, do you get quite a lot of uh, fetish people kind of? Yeah, there have been some, like especially like regards to aprons and stuff. Like, right. It's just like blocks. Do people ask you to send no, photos? I'm a chef and no one's asked to chef me to send my apron, for fuck's sake. I did have a, I did have a message. Uh, someone slid into my DMs, actually, the day I was on this morning and asked if I had PayPal because I had really nice hands. I think oh they wanted to get with my hands. I was like, oh, that's Did you send great. it? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> hands amount to cheating. Hands yeah, so. amount to cheating. <laughs> well, it is. We're going to send another man a picture of your hands for money that's a bit weird yeah. um, or a good business decision <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know maybe maybe some some women out there could make some mon- serious money off that you never know like send pictures of aprons or something it's our know. mission to find them yeah not me <laughs> not me i'm gonna stay far away from that so what other kind of messages do you get from people really? do you get a lot of hate um no not directly they never contact me directly they're too cowardly to do that um but the ones the emails that i've had like personal messages and things are wives that are already living this lifestyle and feel like they're constantly shamed 
and they're so glad that people are talking about it. I've also had messages from the husbands in that dynamic as well, saying, my, my wife and I just saw you on this morning, and we're so pleased that you're talking about this. Because just going to say, lucky motherfucker for the fact that he's not at work and getting to watch this morning. Well, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, like, older women as well, you know, like, their children have flown the nest, and they said, I've lived this life, and I understand exactly where you're coming from in the fact that I was constantly pressured to go back to work, but it's the best thing I ever did was raising my children and then the ones that I love are the single men that say you've given me hope because <laughs> sorry they're the ones that I hate right now <laughs> well, did they, but this what is, hope that they will be like completely looked after no by their it's not about it's it's so much more than the man it's about the family and it's about his children as much as hers being raised by them and not by strangers in a childcare setting it's quite hard to be living on one wage do you think that it's a movement more aligned to the middle classes no because i'm we are working class through and through i do have to say i think sydney's got a point there though i mean it, it does bloody well cost a lot of money like, it really I, does it really to live does. these days it's a different situation yeah cost of living is so high it's horrific and you do have to make real changes in order to live this way. But there are so many people already doing it. There is information out there how you can do it. A lot of women are actually saving money now they're not working because so much was going out on childcare mm. and commuting and coffees and lunches. Yeah. Let's say there's something that you need that is outside of household runnings. Do you have to ask him for money for clothes and stuff? Well, we discuss. So, so he's got a lot of control. Yeah. Well, no, because he'll discuss things with me as well. What he wants to say. Yeah, but, it, but in control, I think by that it's you well, know that he chooses when you can buy clothes and not. Well, yeah, but that is only based upon what we've got in our budget. <clears throat> so if it's there, yeah. it can happen. Same with him. If there's yeah. something he wants, if it's there, it can happen. But we'll discuss it together. So if he wants to spend a grand on a computer or something, I'm like, mm, do you really need that? Like, yeah. you've got one. And he'd yeah. probably say the same to me. Do you really yeah. want those shoes, love? You've got a pair that look identical. It's about being sensible with money, yeah. not throwing it away for the sake of, like, I just want it. You know, yeah, there's yeah. a difference between want and need. And in order to live this lifestyle, we have to concentrate more on the needs than the wants. Yeah. But when it's there... Absolutely. And he spoils me as well, which is what I love. Like it's, you know, I might say, oh, I really like this dress. What do you think? I'm brilliant at sending subtle hints as well. They're called links in emails. He's got like a specific <laughs> folder in like, his email <laughs> where I send him the things that I kind of like. These are my wants. Yeah. They don't always happen. But for the, the other day, a dress turned up in the post and he went, oh, I thought you'd like it. And I was like, oh. No, that's very I thought you'd like it. I actually saw that yeah, you exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, no, he did think this one was sent from a marketing email from a previous dress he bought uh, me, actually. But he saw it and he thought it was pretty and thought it would look nice for me so he bought it for me thank you for listening to our Spotify original podcast Sex Lies and DM Slides please follow us on Spotify and tell all your mates about it if you enjoyed it and if you have any weird and wonderful Sex Lies and DM Slides stories of your own do slide into our DMs at Sydney Lima and at Gizzy Erskine no dick pics please also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sex Lies DM Slides this Spotify original podcast is a Hayden Prowse production produced by Amanda Redman edited by Matt and Scott at Podmonkey with music by Free Seed Films, our executive producers at Spotify are Rachel Simpson and Alexandra Aidey.